The Bible reading for today comes from the book of Daniel, and we're going to hear how Nebuchadnezzar interacts with three Hebrews. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue that he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out, People of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship the king, Nebuchadnezzar, his gold statue. Everyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race, their nation or language, bowed to the ground and worshipped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we were thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and throw them into the furnace. So they tied them up, threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, their turbans, robes and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men? and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men, unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed. And the fourth looks like God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, advisors crowned around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed and their clothing was not scorched and they didn't even smell of smoke. Thank you, Bruce. Uh, I, don't, I don't often read the Sunday paper, but I did last weekend. And uh, I found this article quite interestingly about uh, 
about something about the the rise of wellness tourism. Now, uh, apparently, since COVID, what's happened is that is that people have shown uh, a much higher in increased, uh, I guess, interest not just in day spas and retreats and all that other flash sort of stuff, but these but these but these guided uh, mind mindfulness or wellness uh, and you know I guess pe you know, pe maybe peaceful experiences is the is the word. Now, for example, you can you can uh, jump in a kayak and join a. Uh, a mindfulness in the mangrove session to listen to the birds and and uh, you know become one with nature and probably get attacked by mosquitoes and I I I actually I actually read that and and part of me is like if you fall out of the kayak and you ruin everyone everyone else's experience what happens then that would be pretty cool that'd be pretty cool I reckon <laughs> but there are there are also these um the I guess there's there are guided, uh, I think, like mountain hiking things where you, where you have this guaranteed time to stop and relax and, and look at the view and try to find inner peace. Uh, the, the guy they quoted in this article said, said uh, that one reason for this rise was that many adults today spend, on average, 20 minutes a day outside. Now, that statistic intrigues me if it's right. I know that some of the farmers here are like, yeah, right. <laughs> but um, that's about the same as somebody in, in, in a maximum security prison. That's uh, a very intriguing number if that, is, if that is accurate. Now, I'm not going to be critical of any of this wellness stuff because, you know what, last, last Sunday, after I read the paper, I had just finished the, congreg the congregational meeting in the morning. And let's just say that after the congregational meeting, I am more than happy to partake in any wellness experience you can find. <laughs> Everyone okay with that? You know, stick, stick me in a mangrove, that's fine. I, I am happy to skip every congregational meeting till, from, ne from now until the kingdom comes back. Um, please, Lord Jesus. Uh, any, anyway, so I'm not, I'm not going to be critical of... The <laughs> Of, of, of that search for peace in people's life, all right? But last Sunday afternoon, I also spent some time reading, reading a, the, first, the first part of my Advent devotional, because I do have a tendency to get behind in those things. Uh, and it was Isaiah 9. How interesting that you've already said that, and Alan's already said that. Where I read, where I read the reality that my world is not as it seems. My world has, in fact, been invaded by somebody who bears the name the Prince of Peace. Somebody who bears the name God with us. And the, and the answer, quite simply, to this, to this whole search for peace that, we, that we're on, is that as a follower of Jesus, we need to come to understand that, that you never walk the, the struggles and the battles and the challenges and the furnaces of this life alone. And maybe one of the greatest challenges that, that, that it is for us as, as God's people is to discover a peace that is both freely available in knowing that because of Jesus' arrival, our world will never be the same again. I, I, reckon, I reckon this story in, in Daniel is one, of those, is one of those beautiful practical illustrations of, the, of what it means to live with peace and poise and security in a world that often feels like a bit of a furnace, doesn't it? Now, let me just let me just explain what's going on on here a, a, a little bit, okay? Um, 
King, King Nebuchadnezzar, you'd, you'd have to think you'd, you'd be able to get some better names if you're a king. Anyway, anyway. So he's, he's, he's decided that I will, I will build a statue of myself and put it over in this, in this plain. About 30 metres high would be today's uh, estimate. Now he's, he's built it on a plain so everybody from far and wide can see where this thing is and it would ruin their view regardless of which direction you're going to. Now, but he, he, he does take it a step further. He takes it a step further and he says, I, I, I will now enforce that people will come and bow down and worship to this thing. And if you don't, well, then it's off to, it, it's off to the furnace for you. Now, we can, we can easily look at Nebuchadnezzar in this, in this section, in, and look at it and go and, ju- and just palm it off as another desperate king who is drunk on power and just another bad example of a bad government, blah, 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 blah. Let, you know, that, that application probably is there. But let's just not acknowledge the other glaring omission that hits all of us a bit harder. Let's, does anyone remember about a month ago in Mark 9, or sorry, Mark 7, Jesus told us something pretty blunt? He said the biggest problem in the world is not out there, it's in here. So what is it that we've got a tendency to do? We have a tendency, as people, to build a little statue to ourselves every day and live in the pursuit of promotion and glory and money and stuff rather than living by a single-minded focus on the glory and the promotion of Jesus Christ. Now, before we're too critical about Nebuchadnezzar here, let's just remind ourselves that what he is doing is the practical working out of what he believes, and it's the same thing that every single one of us in this room struggles with. Anyone else just see that passage completely differently now? That hit me like a ton of bricks that, during the war. I, I have looked at that for years thinking, what an idiot. And you know what I found? I'm the idiot. Because every day, all of us wake up with the pursuit of... Let's just, let's just acknowledge that, ne, that Nebuchadnezzar gets wrong. The desire to build a statue to himself is something that each one of us fight with every single day. And we should, as Christians, let's just, let's just put this out there as well. What, why is it that Christians are the first to jump on everybody else who is hell-bent on self-promotion and self-worth? Because all of us can find ourselves, day in and day out, doing the exact same thing. And this is what makes Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego stand out. Because when it comes to a question of will I compromise or will I worship, it's not even a question. It's interesting. I love how these three guys didn't even find a need to justify themselves to the king. Like verse 16, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves. I'm not going to waste the oxygen trying to tell you why, why I've chosen to do what I've done. The God who we serve is able to save us, but even if he does not, it's not even a question for him. 
I want to suggest to you this morning that, that, that living with peace and living with the awareness of God's very real presence is not something that they've just done once. This is not, this is not the day that they've just decided the line's drawn in the sand and we're stopping here. This, this has been something that they have practiced. Like li- like living with peace, living with God, an awareness of God's presence is a daily habit that these guys have been practicing for years and years and years. It started years ago when Daniel and his friends as young teenagers are dragged away from their homes and families in the promised land and put to work for an opposing king. And every step of that journey from the promised land to Babylon, the reality is that God walked with them. God was their daily comfort and their peace when their world turned upside down. And the daily habit just continued when the king wanted to feed them, what was it? Meat meat given to idols. And they said, no way. No, 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 no no way. And God honoured their trust and their trust in God grew. It grew. And now you've got this situation years later where these guys are still in a foreign country and life isn't great and God hasn't exactly given me this beautiful, you know, life life is awesome sort sort of situation and where exactly is this God of yours? Like the doubt has to be real, right? But because they have got used to the idea that we're living each day in God's presence and we're living with an unwavering sense of trust... We are completely ready to surrender ourselves completely to God's will because we've spent a lifetime doing it. Now, is that the testimony of your life today? Because Dave asked us this morning in, in that, you know, that little diatribe, you, you aren't that old, brother, it's, it's okay. okay? If, if you stop back and look at your life today, is there a growing sense of peace in your life? And does, has, has, like if, you, if you look back 10 years ago, has, has that awareness of God's presence in your life grown? And if not, well, what's, well, may, what maybe are you doing wrong? You know, pr- practicing God's peace and God's presence is, is not something you wake up with one day. It, it is the result of a lifetime of work. But you can start today. You can start today. And the trust continues even when they get to the fire. Verse 23, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. Suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them in the furnace? I see four men unbound, walking in the fire unharmed. And the fourth, there's something about him. Now let me just, let me, let me just say something about, about this. Look, before we look at the difference that, that peace and, and God's presence make in the life of somebody, let me just say this. The, re- the reality is that, that sometimes people get tossed into the fire 
and God rescues them and they walk out without smelling like smoke. Sometimes that happens. But sometimes they get tossed in the fire and they burn and they die. Maybe there's not a, a furnace in Australia as such, but you can still expect in our country that following Jesus may well bring you public ridicule. It, it may well mean a loss in terms of your public profile or maybe your employment status, like that guy at Essendon. It might mean a less idea of self-worth and everything else. Maybe, maybe, maybe we don't see it today in Australia as much, but there are still plenty of countries in our, in, in our, in our world today where following Jesus and not worshipping something will cost you your life. But here's the great promise of Scripture and also the practical outworking of what Christmas is all about. That there is someone who promises to walk this life with us in every situation, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Whether it's ugly or whether it's looking great. Whether you're old or whether you're young or whether you're somewhere in, somewhere in the middle. Whether you're married, whether you're unmarried, whether things are good or bad, whether you're feeling weak or strong, let's, there is someone walking next to you. The question is, do, do we actually know that that's the case? Have, have, we lived, have we lived our lives in such a way that we are so used to the fact that I'm never alone? Let me just, let's just work through the, the result of what living with peace and in the power of God's presence means. I'm just going to go back through this, uh, through, through this verse up on the screen. The, f- the first measure of, of peace, just, just to mention, and this is not, a, not, not an official one, is these guys fall into the fire together. Now that might not seem like much because we're about to get roasted, right? But that's not a great encouragement if I'm going into the fire, but at least I'm not going alone. I'm going into the fire, I am completely bound to others, but there's got to be a measure of peace knowing that you're not going in there alone, hasn't there? We, we, we often just, we often don't experience God's peace, we often don't experience God's presence as an individual we often experience it, experience it together. Now, I'll go off about, about this n- next year, but, but Bonhoeffer said this, about, said this about, about the church. I thought, thought it fit really well. Only in Christ are we one, and only through him are we bound together. Interesting. I guess one of the, one of the reasons I say that is, is because I think, I think one of the unfortunate trends of, of Christianity has become, it's, it's become more fashionable to, to, to follow Jesus on our own terms as an, and as an individual than it ever has been. And, and that's not God's design for us. That's not... There's peace to be found... In this community, knowing that whatever you, whatever you do and whatever fire you're in, you are not experiencing it alone. You're looking at me like I'm, I have just said the most hypocritical thing in the world. Is everyone okay? Good. <laughs> next, n- next sign of peace. 
they're walking. They're walking around. Now, I've got to tell you, if I'm getting tossed into a fire, what's going to be the, nat- the, the, the natural human reaction is I'm going to curl up in a corner and wait to die. Not these guys. That's what they're doing. They're going for a walk. Why? Why? Because they have their saviour with them. And there's no greater knowledge in knowing that I am not alone. And that turns for me the switch of the fear off. And I start walking in the freedom that Jesus gave me. And I start enjoying the adventure. Everyone okay? I start enjoying the adventure of the fire rather than curling up in a corner in fear waiting for it to overtake me. Come on. Living with peace means I am not concerned about what the fire might bring because you know what? Well, the fire isn't really my end location anyway. My hope is in something far I wonder if that could be said about our lives today. I wonder, I wonder when, those, when those fires come, do we, do we find ourselves reacting from a place of fear or do we find ourselves walking with God in complete trust on His ability and on His faithfulness? Third, peace in the fire brings freedom. Note, notice in the verse, they fall into the fire completely tied up and then Nebuchadnezzar sees them and they are unbound. Anyone else just noticed there that the only thing the fire burnt was the thing that held them back? Wow. We often think that this life is all about the here and now and it's all about, you know, we should, we should, we should just avoid hardship as best we can. We should just avoid the fire because that's a bad and uncomfortable place to be. We, we, we should just stay away from those struggles and those restrictions that make my life bad. Okay? What's God trying to do? God, God inevitably takes you through periods of fire so he can burn the stuff off that is holding you back. He's trying to set you free. From the stuff that used to tie you you down and he's trying to set you free into a new understanding and a new reality of who he is. Those those times in the fire are never easy. Let me me, me just say that. And it's never easy, but, 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 but it's usually a greatly renewing experience. Because the things that used to hold me back all of a sudden aren't a problem anymore. I, hope, I honestly hope, and I know that there are many of you t- today who, who are struggling with, with, with the, you know, the, the circumstances of life. <laughs> let, me just, let me just say this. I, I hope that the other end of that for you comes out with a much clearer testimony of the goodness of God and the reality of God, but also a new appreciation for all the stuff that you thought that used to hold you back. The last one, God's, God's peace brings a renewed sense of worship. And I mean, this, is, this is a bit of a stretch. And I'll just... Uh, 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 
I just find it fascinating that, that in the, Sept the Septuagint is the, what, the earliest Greek tradition or translation of the Old Testament from, he from, from Hebrew. The verse in that translation, which I just found interesting, says this, the, the three men fell, into the, fell bound into the, into the midst of the burning furnace, walked in the midst of the flame, singing praise. Now, a word of caution, that, that does not appear in any of our modern translations too much, but it doesn't surprise me for a second that knowing God's peace and knowing God's presence means I not only walk into the fire, I not only walk into the fire together, I not only experience the freedom that God is trying to give me, but I'm also able to worship better because of all those things. Because I'm living in complete confidence in God's character, irrespective of what's happening around me. I wonder if that could be said about our worship today, whether, whether, whether we sometimes just come on a Sunday or any other day just here to sing a song because this is what we've always done or do we come because we're actually living in the middle of a furnace and there's nothing better to celebrate the fact that God is real and He's close. I would love to see a whole bunch of people who... who and I say this with all sincerity. I don't want to see any of you go through, go through trouble. I don't, want, I don't want to see any of us go through strife. But can you imagine a church full of people who did go through strife and did go through trouble? Can you imagine how heartfelt and real our worship would be? Let me just finish here with peace. Let me... Let, Peace is, peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's a, it's a practical reality that we get to live in. That, that's the invitation. Jesus, Jesus says, it, says it in John 14. He said, I'm giving you a gift, peace of mind and peace of heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't curl up in the middle of the fire in fear. There, there is a promise there for anyone who follows Jesus that we need to grasp and start living from. And it's when you come into relationship with Christ and when you are filled with His Spirit that there is peace and there is poise and there is security regardless of the struggle that, you, that, that you're living in. We tend, unfortunately as humans, to spend a lot of time worrying about things we can't control. We tend to, as humans, and I'm just as guilty as this, spend a lot of time rushing around doing things and everything, everything and everything else rather than actually in, intentionally creating that daily rhythm where I, where, where I rest in the fact that my God is good, that He brings peace and that He brings security. And I'm just as guilty of that as you are. We tend to search ex extensively for peace in the stuff outside of here when the reality is that there's only one person who you can find peace in all its fullness his name is Jesus Christ and my question is this morning is where are you going to run where are you going to go for peace because there's only one place to go let me just finish with Tozer love this love this quote 
God will come in as far as we let him. A Christian is as full of the Holy Spirit and the peace of God as he wants to be. We can beg to be filled, we can talk about it, but until we are willing to empty ourselves, we will never have the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. God will fill as much as we allow. Ray talked last weekend about what are you preparing yourself for this Christmas and let me just say that that gift of God's peace and God's presence and God's spirit is available it is available in the fullness of all God can give but it has to come with a willingness for us to empty ourselves of the other stuff so we can be full of something different what is it in your life today that is holding your peace? What is it in your life today that's holding you captive from where God wants you to be? And our, our lives and our sense of God's peace is only restricted and only tied back by our desire of more of Him. I honestly, I honestly just want to say today that, that, that when we as a church look back in 10 years' time, of where we are today, I want the testimony of each one of us to be, God has been so faithful, so real. The peace I live with is unmistakable. The presence I live with is unmistakable. The fullness of His Spirit that I live with is unmistakable. Why? Because I am never Father God, we hear your word and we, we hear it, Lord Jesus, the fact, that, the fact that sometimes you call us to go through a furnace. But God, in that furnace, there is, there is fullness and there is wholeness and there is freedom. And Lord, as humans, we, we, don't, we don't want to go through furnaces because they're uncomfortable. We don't, we don't want to go through the fires because, because, they, because we lose something. We don't want to go through those circumstances because, God, quite frankly, they're terrifying. And Lord, this morning, I want, to, I want to pray for those people who are going through those fires. Lord, would you uphold them? Would you, would you this morning pour out a, a, an increased sense of your presence and your peace? Well, God, if... God, if there are things in our lives that we need to stop doing and we need to empty ourselves so we can be full of more of you, we want to pray, God, that you would do that work within us. We love you, Lord Jesus. We love you for the fact that you bring us the fullness of life. But also a security that knows that tomorrow, if things don't go to plan, you are faithful. Lord, I want to pray that, pray that, pray that just, God, God, just for our church, that you might fill us with a sense of your peace this Christmas. A peace that goes deeper than anything we've ever held, anything we've ever, ever had before.